All right, all right. And oh, and let me uh, and make sure everybody knows that we're live, though. Twitter is acting especially wonky right now since they're... Huh, it's, uh, it's X now, never mind. It's not Twitter, it's X. What What is the actual uh name of it? Is it just X or is it like X something? I couldn't tell you. All I know, I, I know nothing, but I've seen that apparently uh, Mr. Musk likes the letter X. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God, that's my contention. That someone told me that like he's been trying to have a company named X like since his PayPal days. Oh, I think he's very fond of the letter X. Apparently. Oh, good that's weird. It's good for him. Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> someone in the comments just said. Rico single-handedly keeping the Zoom company's lights on. <laughs> but uh, good afternoon, evening, or morning, depending on when y'all are watching or listening to this. This is another episode of Rendezvous with Rico. And today I have with me Kathy Reisenwitz. Did I pronounce that last name correctly? Perfect. Wonderful. Kathy, would you be so kind as to introduce yourself? Yes, absolutely. And thank you for having me. My name is Kathy Reisenwitz. I am a writer. I have a substack called Sex and the State, where I write about social science, public policy, and human connection. Um, been particularly focused on sex, relationships, gender, uh, loneliness, and masculinity recently. And uh, yeah. Wonderful. And as you all know with me, I am an uh, expert in nothing. I, uh, my profession is nothing other than like my day job, of course, uh, with, as a logistics manager. But eh, that's less for a defense contractor, which is honestly, I would say less impressive than what you do personally. I, I think there's just way more volume with you do. I'm just purchasing aircraft equipment and whatnot. I hope you get paid better. Oh, my God. No, I don't get paid. <laughs> oh, I, no. I don't get paid. Diddly fucking squat. Oh, that's awful. Oh, it, it is given how much, given all I actually have to do. So, but I'm I have some other prospects. So you know, uh, keep everybody posted on whether that works out or not. But uh, with that said, um, you, I would, I would if there's anything first on the tie I wanted to talk about is uh, masculinity and loneliness. Could you uh, elaborate on that a little bit? What is what would you say is because um, I'm sure we are we're all aware to some degree that there is a issue with loneliness. Let's just start with loneliness in our society. Like everybody's increasingly lonely. Can do in your words? Can you explain why? No, <laughs> no, I can't. Uh, that's what is so interesting to me about the topic is that I don't know why there are a lot of theories. And they all explain it to an extent, um, more or less. So one of the theories is that it's economic development. So in more subsistence economies, people literally have to be, you know, coordinating in order to survive. Um, right. So that the fact that we can, sorry, there's an echo and it's making it difficult to speak. I can hear myself. Okay, you. Can, I wanted. I want. I didn't want to cut you off, but I was going to say there is a bit of an echo. Um, like every time you speak, it sounds like kind of like wind is blowing. Hmm. Well, there. I don't know what that would have to do with the echo. Oh, see, it's gone now when you're closer to the mic. Well, or what? Should what, be my mic. 
Oh, that's weird. It's like when you move close to the screen, I hear it's you. Better? Cl- it's better. Okay. Weird. The very I'm still weird. Hearing I, the echo though. Uh, it's not less. too. Here, no, I think I can. Let me let me let me see. I, I I think I can fix that. Give me a second. Or I think you have to fix that. Um, you go into the settings. Uh, down here at the bottom, you should see a settings little like a little screw, and then on the left, go to audio, and then mm-hmm. click on echo cancellation. Uh, well, I clicked out of it, and now it's better. So I don't know what that means, but let's just go with it. Maybe maybe that setting was what was causing it. Then maybe. <laughs> let's hope. Okay. So loneliness. Uh, yeah, so could be economic development. We don't have to depend on each other as much, which makes us a little bit more alienated from each other. I have a theory that socialization is kind of like exercise, right? Like nobody really wants to do it. It's easier to just sit on the couch. It's easier to be alone. People are annoying. Um, people are scary. Uh, we are afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of being awkward. We're afraid of uh, being annoyed. And so we just kind of default to being alone, just like we default to not moving our bodies. But then if we spend enough time alone and we spend enough time uh, not moving, then we see the damage accumulate over time. Uh, I think one of the theories is social media um, and screen time, particularly. So I'm reading Bowling Alone right now, and there's a lot of evidence that when people started getting TVs in their homes, uh, time spent socializing decreased considerably. Now the social media thing is like, could be, there are pros and cons. So like social media connects people, uh, especially people who are living in areas where they're geographically isolated from people who are like them. So like queer youth, for example, and, you know, uh, Mormon communities. I live in bumfuck nowhere outside of a military base there ain't no sidewalks there's hardly any public spaces at all if that it is like one park sort of you know what i mean it, i it, it, i get it it's if there's any if there's any social activity it's in, in minimum 30 minutes to an hour away yeah our car bound suburbs are probably a factor um economic precarity like People who are wealthier will have more access to ways to socialize than people who are less wealthy. The fact that we haven't done anything to help our homelessness problem. And so a lot of the spaces that we would otherwise be together, such as parks and libraries, are kind of like back to shelter for homeless people, which drives people who are not homeless to not want to congregate. Like there's just a lot of factors that play into it um none there are no like smoking guns though uh, yeah say this is the problem yeah there's there is there's nothing you see you, you can point to that you would say it's definitely like the problem because it, it's it's a lot of things and it all comes together but the point you made earlier that i think is the most interesting for sure is that you described socializing like a muscle you know like like your muscles and whatnot that it's if you don't move, your muscles atrophy. You know what I mean? It starts to hurt you. And socializing is in much the same way. The less you involve yourself with people, the less sociable you become. 
You know what I mean? So that way, when you even do try, it's you're likely going to fuck up. You know what I mean? Because you, you your social muscles have atrophied it to a point that you you forgot how to talk to people. Sort of. So you're absolutely right that the longer you stay isolated, the worse uh, you are at socializing. But it's funny. So I read a book called Loneliness, um, and it was a lot of like empirical studies on the problem. And one thing that they found is that loneliness negatively impacts your brain in a measurable way. Like you can see it physically in brain scans, and you can see it in people's behavior. And so what they find is that it's not that the people have worse social skills or like forget how to socialize. Two main things happen at least. One is the more isolated and lonely that you are, the less um, benefit you get from each social interaction. Mm. So a really healthy, like well-connected person who's less lonely, they'll have an interaction and they'll you know get a lot of benefit from it. They'll feel much better and they're, it'll fill up their you know socialization tank. Uh, more than a person who's lonelier. And one of the reasons is because people who are more lonely um, see other people more as threats than people who are less lonely. So they're scanning the person that they're talking to, looking for cues that the person doesn't like them or is a threat to them or will reject them, whereas a less lonely person is looking for cues that they're being accepted and that they're be that they're liked. So basically, another... oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, then the other main way that being lonely hurts your brain is that it um, it makes you less uh, get less out of the social interactions. Oh, and it makes the social interactions go worse because yeah. you'll enter into what is known as scarcity mindset. So you'll feel uh, desperate to uh, make the social interaction go well and uh, desperate to be liked, which will then make you come across uh, less likably. Um, this isn't like a hundred percent of the time, but these are of just course. patterns that they've, they found in the research. So yeah, it's, it's very much like a muscle less than that. You forget how to use it and more that your brain literally atrophies in ways that makes it more difficult for you to socialize and get the benefit from the social interaction. Yeah. So basically we, again, for someone who's been isolated for who isolated themselves, whatever the case may be for a long period of time for two, for basically too long they start looking looking at everything in a in a negative light so even if there is a, a positive interaction they are less likely to see it themselves basically you know what i mean that's what that's what you mean when you say they they take less from it take less positive from it because they're just not they they are too negative at this point they only imagine the worst they can only fear the worst you know they they yeah, they become too jaded, cynical, pessimistic, whatever the word you want to use in other words they just can't see positive interaction uh, for for what it is as clearly yeah as clearly you know what i mean and i i, and I get that you know I, I i i wonder about like you know people who have had bad experiences with people and this is especially the case for women personally i don't understand how any of y'all keep giving men chances <laughs> because uh yeah, uh, at least every woman I've ever known, y'all have had more bad experiences than not uh, with men, and yet y'all, you know, keep putting yourself out there despite it all. So I kind of wonder about that. Like, how, how, how do y'all do that? How do y'all continue to keep trying 
despite, you know, a lot of men kind of sucking with regards to how we treat y'all? That's a good question. I mean, you know, I think, I think it's similar. I would say the same is probably true of men, right? Like, especially because the onus is on men to approach women. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure most men have had have been rejected in some way, shape, or form most of right, the time that they yeah. have approached women. Sorry, so, I, I forgot I forgot to get to consider re- rejection as like that thing that happens all the time. Yeah. And I think that there's something too like men are afraid women will laugh at them, women are afraid men will kill them. But it's also like, yeah, that's much a much worse outcome, but men are laughed at a lot more often than women are murdered and you know both happen way too often but uh i just think that i i tweeted yesterday you know somebody was saying that feminism is we should we should decenter the plight of men in feminism or whatever and i just think men versus women is so like tired and boring and counterproductive like sexism hurts everybody i think men and women both have it hard I think we both make it hard on ourselves and on each other unnecessarily. And so like, I think uh, for why women put up with men, similar to how, why men put up with women, like uh, sex why drive we... is a hell of a drug. You sex, know? Oh my God, sex drive is a <laughs> hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah, so but then with fair. women, we also have the issue of like, men are concentrated at the top of most hierarchies. And so if you want to get anywhere in life, you're usually going to have to win over men. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, what I think a lot of women forget and and men at the top forget is that men are also concentrated at the bottom of most hier- hierarchies. So it's easy to look at the top of hierarchies and say like, oh, men are so much better off in American society. But it's not really true. If you look at deaths of despair, if you look at incarceration, if you look at the bottom of the income, distribution, if you look at mental illnesses, if you look at depression, like if you look at a lot of different things, um, intelligence, uh, you know, you're going to see men at the top and you're also going to see men overrepresented at the bottom. Yeah. On that note, I want to ask, um, when you say men are at the bottom, it's, I kind of wonder at what, you know, what causes that exactly? Like, is, cause I don't want to put the cart before the horse, on that with in that regard you know men are at the bottom for say um deaths uh work related let's say work related deaths right they they experience work related uh, injury and deaths way more than women do uh but that's but that's because men go into fields that are have higher rate or higher risk of injury and death than than women do you know what i mean so it's like wh- how how do we solve that do we make women to take more riskier jobs or do we make the the job safer for men i i, I would lean more towards obviously hey maybe we should uh make these jobs safer stop celebrating stop kind of fetishizing these hard jobs as you know masculine and good when when really they're putting themselves needlessly at risk uh of injury and death you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's so complicated it's incredibly complicated because that's because that's what it is. It's like you get on the one you get on the one side, uh, the dude, the, the the people out there, especially like the red pill dudes and such, who will try to use the that 
that men get uh, injured, injured and die more at work than women and be like, well, this, you know, they all effectively argue against equality. Like, why don't y'all women come work these jobs? Huh? Why don't y'all come do that? And I'm just, and I, and I look at them and I'm like, why don't we make those jobs safer, dog? <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? 1000%. Yeah. Again, the men versus women thing is, is very stupid. Um, it's very griftery, and I think in this case, mm-hmm. it's very easy to pit people against each other. Uh, it definitely benefits those who are truly at the top uh, for us to just fight each other at the bottom. Yeah, I think the making jobs safer. Well, one thing that I think is really interesting is the difference between biological sex differences and cultural gender norms right Right. so i think when it comes to like why are men overrepresented in dangerous jobs you have both at play so we know or we have good evidence to indicate that there is a measurable sex difference in behavior when it comes to risk taking for example men tend to be behave in a more risk tolerant fashion than women men drive faster and you know jump off cliffs and skydive and just you know do things that risk their safety more often and in a more like intense fashion than women on average do you know uh date psych or alexander yeah i love him i've never met him you should i i you should i've talked with him twice uh or three times on, on my show actually and we discussed exactly that that men are way more you know willing to take uh, unnecessary risks or just just do risky shit than women are and i don't know i'm gonna run this by you see what you think about it or you can go watch our talk about it uh, yourself oh, whatever, whatever floats your boat but um w- i think a lot of the reason is uh that men take more more willing to take risks is because of a kind of uh privilege that causes the causes that risk friendly mindset of sense of sorts so being a man i don't fear much i again i'm i know i realize that objectively i'm kind of wrong to feel this way but by and large i've felt a kind of fearlessness in my engagements with people and with just the world around me uh compared to i would say how women feel just in our interactions with each other i like i will I'm a big dude, so I don't really fear my. Obviously, I'm, I'm not. I'm not invincible, and I don't think I'm invincible, but I'm not really afraid of interacting with strangers. You know what I mean? Uh, just in public, wherever, no matter what they look like. But I can understand why women are way, way more likely to be like, "Whoa, I don't want to go near that guy. I don't want to go near. I don't want to go. I don't, I don't go in that area. This, that, and the third. Um, and because of that, I would say. All throughout history, we ju- it just re- resulted in men just being kind of complacent in a way it, with, with regards to risk. Like, we just don't factor things that we should as a danger to us the way that women do. I think that that is true. I also think that if you're looking at biological bases for uh behavioral choices Mm -hmm. uh behaviors it helps to look at what 
is likely to have helped perpetuate the species. And yeah. if you want more humans to exist, then if you're going to have one of the two sexes take more risks that are likely to result in death, you want the more expendable sex to do that. And so we don't need very many men to continue uh, the population. We need far more women than men to continue the population. So it makes way more sense for men to take uh, life uh, threatening risks than women. Of course, yeah, because like if all women died out or died more often than men, then we'd be in a heap of fucking trouble civilizationally. Like, just you, there'd be no, there's no question about that. Um, it's and so that's basically is like one thing causing the other. Essentially, is that generationally, that's how we've always gone about this, gone about things. You know, we send the men to war, we send, uh, we send the men to the mines, we send the men to this, that, and the third. Because, you know, we, we biologically and culturally see it, see it as you guys are the ones we can afford to lose. That's why I always say save the women and children type deal because, you know, children because they, you know, will replace us and women because they can make more children. Um, the, and the, the, that's where I run into, like, again, a lot of the red pill type dudes who will be like, you know, society doesn't value men and such. Um, uh, and see that there's they see it as wrong, but personally, I I'm of the least that it's not really wrong. You know what I mean? It's just it just it just makes sense. And and it's not so much that the society doesn't value you. In fact, that's a that is a show of your value, right? It's a not it's an acknowledgement of how things have to be of the value you place. And it's not that you're so much as expendable. It's more so that. It's just a, a a kind of cost benefit analysis, and that this is we need you to do this, right? Um, because not so I, I don't want to say it's because we can afford to lose you, but because no one else can, because we we can't take the chance of someone else doing this, right? I guess that's kind of still saying the same thing that we can afford to lose you, and I just that feels wrong, but the logic feels right. Like, I get it. Yeah. Well, and it comes down to what are you trying to get accomplished? So if the goal is the maximum number of humans to exist that could possibly exist, then yeah, you'd probably want to make men more expendable than women. Um, that's not my goal particularly, but if it is your goal, then like that's how you do it, and I guess that's as fine a goal as any other. Yeah. Uh, if if your goal is um, gender equality, which is one of my goals, then you would make men and women equally expendable. Um, and I, I think that's fine. It seems good to me. Uh, again, it would likely come at the cost of some. Uh, maybe I, I i i seriously doubt like I, I, jobs are becoming safer like over time. yeah like, that's over just time happening. so yeah. the number of women who would likely die in their occupation uh if if the numbers were equal is probably not enough to significantly impact reproduction fertility rates um but whatever um but what's irritating to me about the discourse is that the, i don't see very many of the men who are b willing to bring up the uh the gender dis 
disparity in deaths on the job, they don't seem to be doing it for the purpose of advocating for gender equality. They seem to be doing it for the purpose of advocating for uh, male supremacy. Yeah, um, basically, yeah. That we take we take these risks, so y'all should bow to us, basically type deal. Right. You know, you know what I mean? We y'all you y'all owe us. Right. In a, in, a, in a word, it, it, it's how that goes, and I and I think that's just the wrong way to look at it. You know it's what I mean? Not a good look. It's not a good look. It's 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 really it's just fatly fucking despicable. But it's like, you no, know, they're they're looking at it all wrong because they're looking at it all from a like a petty, vindictive light, right? You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, uh, if we're taking all these risks, uh, I sh I should be owed a woman. You know what I mean? A woman. I, I shouldn't have to worry about whether or not I can get a woman or whether or not I can have sex or this, that, and a third. And it's just like, you are coming at this all wrong, dog. You know what I mean? It's because... I, I, go ahead. I truly believe a large portion of our political discourse could be summed up as white, able-bodied men in the U.S. used to have a specific status an expectation for how their lives would turn out and that status and that expectation has been dramatically lowered in the past 50 years and they're big mad and honestly i don't blame them for being big mad because that sucks but the people who are actually responsible for their decrease in status and decrease in life prospects um are not women they're not ethnic minorities they're not immigrants they're the people who are funding the think tanks and uh pundits and apparati to get them to think that these other groups are to blame for their lower prospects and lower status yeah um, no and, and and that's what the big question is is like how to because i know what a lot of them is because i've talked to a lot of like awkward dudes and such who just don't know how to navigate society now right right you know that's why the, the the idea that they have been denied what they're owed you know that they they would used to be damn near guaranteed to their fathers and, and grandfathers and such that they feel they, they feel like that that's why they're so attractive to them that mindset that like society needs to be reshaped to give us what we were to give us what was that our what, what our fathers had what our grandfathers had but what they fail to understand is that, like, it, your fathers and grandfathers and whatnot did weren't get, weren't given anything. What it was, they were it, comparatively. Comparatively, like with regards to material things, but it's how they navigated their work. Because obviously, you can still uh, get rejected. But I know that uh, for the, the the circumstances before was you know women effectively had no choice but to rely to get with a man if, in order to survive. Yeah, you know I mean, because I, I know about how you know women weren't allowed to have credit cards at one point, as an example. You know what I mean? So women were societally pressured to get with a man as soon as fucking possible, as soon as they were, you know, uh, of marrying age or whatever the fuck, however you want to define it. Um, but without that pressure, now women can be with who they want to be with rather than who they need to be with. Uh, and I know that pisses them the fuck off. A lot of these dudes, they can't stand that. They can't stand that structure, but I'm like, y'all gonna have to adapt, dude. Like now that they can choose who they want to be with, now you have to make yourself someone worth choosing. 
Yeah, I mean, that's true. I think it's it's also more complicated. Like, that's definitely a huge part of it. It's a bunch of things, right? So it used to be that a low-skill, able-bodied white man could get a job in a factory and get a house and get a wife. Um, and, like, that was just kind of, like, available to them. And they didn't have to be particularly motivated or particularly smart or particularly well connected. It was just like, you just got a job at the factory and you were good to go for the next 30, 40 years. That's gone. Um, and that yeah. sucks. Uh, women at the same time as men have become less marriageable on average, uh, women have become, as you said, less dependent on men. And so women can choose who to be with and they're increasingly choosing to be with no one because the men available to them don't have much to offer in terms of a paycheck and they're not replacing the paycheck with like emotional intelligence or emotional support or empathy or domestic labor or childcare or anything else that would make them like a net positive to the woman's life. Mm -hmm. um, so I, yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of reasons for, for white low skill, especially men, you know, to be resentful in US society, some of which are not their fault and some of which and i think so and i think that it we we need to thread the needle of yes you know at, at the end of the day every individual is responsible for their life outcomes and there's opportunity for every low skill able-bodied white man in the u.s to like increase your social capital increase your social skills like learn how to do child care and domestic labor become more marriageable at the same time i think we're going to get further faster by looking at the systemic reasons why men are being increasingly left behind in the US. And one yeah. of them, for example, is like, we have increasing returns on education and men are increasingly uh, poorly served by our educational institutions. Um, you know, we need to fix that system. I want to get on that. But before I do, they want to go back to something, right? Um, the, cause you made a great point with regards to the women no longer looking for a paycheck. Now they're looking for the more fulfillment in other ways. And a lot of men are failing to meet that. So a lot of women just see, well, I, it, I, I don't need you for money. You can't, you know, be, you give me the emotional support that I need. The, you know, uh, the affection, the, the loyalty, this, that, and the third then I, it's just, there's nothing there. There's no reason for us to be together. Um, I, I And it just kind of blows my mind that a lot of men don't get that. Like, I don't understand, like, at least for me, emotional intelligence kind of came naturally to me. I'm, I've always been very, very aware of someone else's thoughts and feelings. And a lot of dudes, I guess it turns out, aren't. They just, are, just aren't aware of their partner's feelings. A lot of dudes talk about women like women are fucking aliens. You know what I mean? And that's fucking bizarre to me. So I, before we go on to the thing about the education, because I definitely want to ask about that. What I want to ask is, you know, do what do you think we can men should do with regards to that? Like with the being more than just a paycheck. Yeah, I, I think it's complicated. I think one of the biggest problems facing men in the U.S. today is that they're being socialized for a reality that no longer exists. So I think that masculine norm, masculinity norms uh, are 
still stuck in the 70s, those really 50s, where men are supposed to be stoic, men are supposed to be strong and silent, men are supposed to be physically strong, men are supposed to be unemotional, logical, um, men aren't uh, as required as, as women are to be conscientious and empathetic and good listeners, uh, men are supposed to be aggressive and confident, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Well, all this is great in a, you know, hunter-gatherer society or even a manufacturing and agricultural society where physical strength and stamina are the name of the game and that's what the labor market has a, a lot of demand for. Well, that's not the economy we're in today. Physical strength and stamina is, just isn't that useful. Um, whereas uh, social skills, EQ, empathy, the ability to listen, the ability to sit still and concentrate on one thing for hours, uh, these are very valuable in the labor market today, but we're not socializing men and boys to be good at these things. And I think that that's one aspect of it. Uh, we're not socializing men and boys to be emotionally vulnerable with each other, which I think is exacerbating the loneliness epidemic and is part of why men are lonelier than women on average, because they're socialized to essentially be lonely. Um, however, I do also think that there are aspects to gender behavioral differences that are biological in nature. So, for example, men are more aggressive than women um, on average across time and space. This does seem to have a biological basis. So how do we create a society that doesn't ask men to do things that they, you know, can't do biologically? Um, or are going to be really like unhappy doing or ill suited to do, but also update our, and we have to remember like gender norms are very fluid. They've changed throughout time and space. They will continue to change. Um, they will change because we will probably never go back to, uh, the developed world will likely never again rely on physical strength and stamina. Uh, yeah, it will never be like valuable in the labor market again. Like I just don't mm. wide in, in, in any kind of widespread fashion. Therefore, I can't imagine a world where, you know, gender norms don't adapt to that reality. The question is like, how slow and painful are we going to make it? Exactly. I would think on that is that because we talk about it systematically, like the, the red pillars and black pillars <clears throat> and conspiracy minded people typically think of and see it as like some deliberate effort to emasculate men to strip them uh, again like we were saying earlier they are being they, they, a lot of them really genuinely believe that they're being denied what's owed to them by some nefarious powers that be when reality is just we as a society uh haven't adapted to how our economy has changed it's both it's both like there's definitely policy put in place that disenfranchises everyone and has unfortunately had a disproportionate negative impact on on men. So, for example, you know, the NAFTA trade agreement, right? Call it out right. U.S. manufacturing, but there was no safety net, no uh, plan for transition for these blue collar workers in rural uh, American towns, right? Like that's yeah. that's a decision. Um, well, that's, no, that, that's more uh, more or less a not a we're going to fuck over men deliberately it's 
we're going to fuck over uh, anyone in the work, the working class laborers and in, in, in our and domestically. Yeah. We want cheap. We want cheap labor elsewhere. Right. Their frame is the, 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 the is typically the conspiracies is that they're de- deliberately targeting men right. specifically <laughs> for the sole purpose of making men not be able to be men. Right. And you right. know what I mean. And and that's and I'm like that's where I'm like you're not wrong on the idea that you know men have been disenfranchised and fucked over by these these huge economic changes uh that benefit a wealthy few um but that's more an, an unintended consequence than it is a deliberate effort to make men less masculine or some shit Yes. And I I think that there's a vicious cycle that happens with conspiracy theories where when you feel like you aren't going to be able to make any difference either way, you would rather get wrapped up in an interesting, fun story than understand the problem accurately. Yeah. Um, Because like, I'll use myself as an example, right? It was extremely hard to go out and meet women when I got out of the Marine Corps uh because i was working as a delivery driver and the hours were absolute fucking ass so uh that's not my fault that's the the, how it's structured how society is structured with the way these jobs work and whatnot (laughs) uh and um it also like we said it's geographic location i i live in bumfuck nowhere i can understand why dudes might have a a hard time meeting anyone here because most of the women here are, 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 this is a military town, right? So the people that come here and stay here are people that are already married, right? There's very few bachelors, single women just hanging in this town. So what people would do is they want to go, when they want to go meet women, they'll go if they can, again, to the men who can't, they're just kind of fucked. But the men who can, if they have a car can go to fucking Greenville with the college towns and such. And meet and meet women and whatnot. But if you don't have that, the means of doing that, you're just you're just fucked. You're stuck. You're stuck in your small town with maybe three eligible women. You know what I mean? It, it, it's bad. It, it really is bad. I I remember uh, hell when I was in Okinawa that it was the same thing. Uh, I remember one guy or it was a girl. I it was a long time ago, but they basically described that some of the women there. You, you uh, develop a kind of queen bee syndrome or whatever you want to call it, but um, you could literally see the guys like fawning over that one single woman. You know what I mean? All the all basically, you can just in an unspoken way competing for the affection and attention of that one single woman that's there. And it's sad that the you know the, the that's what a lot of guys are going through. Yeah, and that's an interesting point that you make. And I think it's contributing to decreasing. So in the US, we're seeing decreasing rates of sex, dating, marriage and fertility. Um, And, you know, college campuses are increasingly female heavy. So that makes Mm -hmm. it more difficult for people to pair up in college. And you see, uh, so sex skewed ratios will impact how people behave. So where women outnumber men, men are less likely to settle down. Um, and mm-hmm. where uh, men outnumber women, I think I think the opposite is true. I haven't really studied those situations as much, but increasingly so 
the vast uh, majority of new jobs are being created in like seven superstar cities in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. I just I just want to say on that note that you are right about the opposite being true. China, I actually read a prime example of that where their ratio to men to women is because of their one child policy and then their volume of men more than women resulted in them there being, I think the number was like 50 million more men than women. And these dudes are desperate to settle down. Like desperate. Like it's just so it's it's much different, a much different dynamic than a place where there's more women than men. So you you are right on that. Just I just wanted to let you know that. Thank you. All right. That's good to know. Yeah. So uh like I said, like seven, maybe eleven superstar cities, most of the jobs are being created. The good jobs are being created, especially. And the, a lot of those cities, I know at least San Francisco, New York, and DC are very sex segregated. So there are way more degreed men in San Francisco than degreed women. Um, uh, and then the opposite is true in DC and New York. Um, and so it's difficult to settle down when, you know, most people who have a degree want a partner who has a degree, but one gender outnumbers the other. And I was actually just in DC, uh, it was like two weeks ago, and I spent five years in DC and I was single a lot of that time and trying to date and it was very difficult. I was in my late twenties. Uh, and then I moved to San Francisco and dated there in my early thirties. And it was very different being in a place where women with degrees outnumber men versus being in the opposite situation. Um, you can feel it in the way that, you know, how easy it is to get a date, the quality of your, the people available to date you. And I remember being back just two weeks ago and seeing all these like gorgeous women who, you know, made a lot of money and had degrees and were very smart and upwardly mobile. And he's like, dudes. <laughs> uh, and just thinking like, I am so glad I'm not trying to date in Washington DC right now. Yeah. Uh, it's rough. And so I, I think that gender segregation is probably impacting to some extent people's uh, propensity to couple up. Yeah, it's like we both basically said in a lot of ways and in a lot of different places, it is it's it's hard for people to couple up. Like uh that's why when I was talking with a date psych, we, we both were effectively mocking the idea of hypergamy because it's like people date with with within and around basically what's available to them, like the circles that they frequent, you know what I mean? It's it's more it's more it's rare for someone who's like making thirty thousand a year to be anywhere near a motherfucker making a hundred thousand plus. You know what I mean? Because you're just not in the same circle. You're just not you're not in the same class. You're nowhere near you have no reason to frequent even the same places just to eat. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to higher quality bars, uh restaurants, this, that, and the third. You won't a motherfucker making thirty thousand a year won't be there. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of it is our economic system uh, in, in the, the, that has resulted, that has caused this separation of sorts. And that's why, again, that's why we just kind of just weren't digging the, the just the idea of hypergamy because it, it doesn't make any sense when you really look at reality, when you really look at how things are. The fucking, I, I would, uh, I'm sure most men would love to meet some fucking, uh, some high class Hollywood celebrity type woman. But you, you, bro, you you make thirty thousand a year working at fucking Domino's. You ain't gonna be anywhere near her, 
in any in any circumstance. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that. That's what it is. And I, my my question is, I always wonder is like, how do we even fix this? You know what I mean? Like how? 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 Like honestly, how do we fix this? Because in a lot of places, you're pretty again. You pretty much are just locked out of being able to meet people. Well, I I think there is a difference between locked out and it's difficult. I do think it's still possible to meet people pretty much wherever you are. It is more difficult. I think I struggle because I think self-help is mostly bullshit. I think the people who are smart enough to write good self-help would do a lot more good fixing the systemic problems rather than telling individuals how to fix their own lives. Um, However, I don't want to be so focused on systemic issues that I make it seem like it's impossible for for individuals to succeed despite these barriers. Like it's it's often possible people do it every day. I don't want people to give up. Yeah. But as far as, you know, how do we remove some of these systemic barriers? I think we need to from the highest level I would love to see gender abolished. I just don't, I don't think that I, it's worth I get you. Yeah, I, I, but, I share that sentiment. Yeah. But as you know, if you like your gender, you can keep it, I guess. But we do need to reevaluate, like, ma- our, we need to update our masculinity norms, like, straight up. They are not sure. fitting in with the reality of the socioeconomic situation we find ourselves in, and certainly not the socioeconomic situation we can reasonably uh, expect. Of course. And on that note, though, I actually want to go back a little bit on something uh, we were doing with, with regards to solutions. I have some ideas, and I'm going to run them by you. you. You let me know what you think, right? Fucking, let's just take the specific example that I brought up earlier that, again, where I live, bumfuck nowhere, and the only, and it's, it, it's, it's car dependent entirely, and if you don't have a car, you're fucked. You ain't going nowhere. So, your, your options are extremely fucking limited. I wanted to add a little more to that, is that, like, just an example uh, that, in that same context, like, I use Tinder, at one point, and the only women available were at least an hour away. You know what I mean? So it's that's 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 what I that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Where it's like, and then so I'm like, solution wise, is for one, we need to become a less car dependent society. Like we had more public transportation and means to get to different places for our towns to be connected. People wouldn't be left out of the pool, like we'd actually be able to meet people all over the place. But unfortunately, that's just not the case as it is here. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it is bad. But on that note, the opposite of this is true uh, because take Japan, for example, they're an incredibly interconnected society, but they're ha- the, the day the, that they, they struggle from, I would say even worse along in this epidemic and, um, uh, dating, uh, you know, date, dating structure. Even though they can easily get to each other anywhere and everywhere, they have it. They have it just as, if not worse, than we do. You know what I mean? So there, I would say it's it's largely the culture. Even though they have the material means to getting to each other, their culture separates them. Whereas here, uh, our culture, I would say, I would think, broadly speaking, is is. We it's we're way more open to connecting with each other. The problem is, it's we lack a lot of the means to get to each other. 
But again, that's just in comparison to Japan. Obviously, we, as we stated, our culture is still kind of fucked. We still got a lot of problems with regards to how we court each other and how we interact with each other. But I still think we're far and away better uh, than what the fuck's going on, in, again, like in Japan. Yes, I agree. Um, well, have you tried going to church? Ch- church is a good idea, too, yeah. Church is a good place. And whenever lonely guys, like single single guys who've been single all their lives, reach out to me and ask me what do they do, I always say you gotta go where people are. Right. Like you've got to. You right. can't. You, you like. Yeah, ideally, it's a thing. It's a place where you share an actual interest in. But uh, you have to go where people are. Uh, and, but then there's some some have told me the same thing I said to you with regards to they can't go anywhere. There's just no way for them to get around. Oh. There's also a huge stigma. Like I remember when I was in Birmingham, I started dating a guy who was from New York and he had a scooter instead of a car. And I told my girlfriends at work, like, yeah, I'm dating this guy, but he has a scooter and not a car. And they were like, why are you dating a bum? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> That's right, though. You were right. There is stigma against you, against so many petty little things, in my opinion. Uh, what, what kind of what kind of car is he driving? Oh, he has a scooter. Oh, he rides a bike. God, yeah. this guy's a bum. And I'm not gonna lie, I perpetuated that. I I used to think like that too. I'd be like, uh, with my with a girl, my mom, my mom's uh old boyfriend. He didn't have a car. He rode a bike everywhere. I'm like, mom, you could do so much better than this guy. What the <laughs> fuck? I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He rides a bike. Man, don't have a license. Doesn't have a car. Like the fuck. But it's like so. I I, I get that. Is the the stigma we have towards certain things that we just deem as you know unattractive and whatnot in, that are entirely separate from the quality of the person's character. Right. We we focus so much on the material factors with regards to whether or not somebody's attracted with regards to someone's attraction than we do on the quality of character. And I think that is a product of our culture in America. I, again, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but in America, we are very materialistic, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, how we do how we do something about that, I would think we just have to try to be, I guess, show the value in quality of character more so than we do in things that glitter, the gold and glitter and whatnot. But it's it's kind of hard to do that when you got motherfuckers like Andrew Tate rolling up in a in a Bugatti fucking talking about how you need that and all these watches, and that's how you get women and shit. And and people's perception of women being shaped by that, because without a doubt, there are materialistic women or gold diggers or shit like that. There are, without a doubt, there are women like that, for sure. That that are just shallow and are attracted to the glittering gold. They're there, um, but that's not obviously all of them. But a lot of dudes' some perception of women are being shaped to believe that that that's how women are and whatnot, and that's. Not uh, that uh, that's not good. No, it's not good. What drives me even more insane, though, is uh, I see on Twitter again and again these men saying the reason that modern men can't get dates, the reason that incels are incels, is because uh, of their looks. And ah, I'm just like, guys, no. yes, I am. I am, <laughs> I am a firm believer that it, the, with regards to looks, that's horseshit. It goes without saying that the better looking people are genu- generally, you know, 
have an easier time of sure. people like letting their guard down around them or finding them attractive, sure. this, that, and the third. But this idea that you're locked out of relationships by just by your looks is absolute horseshit. Like that complete bullshit. I I one of my one of my closest friends looks like uh Harry Potter on crack. The man's been married, the man's been married five years now. You know right. what I mean? He, yeah. he's he's a happy, he's he's a big ass fucking nerd, but a total sweetheart. Right. And and he's had a good relationship for years. And I actually asked her, I asked his wife, I was like, what you what do you see in this guy? Like what <laughs> I was like, why did you end up with him? And she said they went to school together and he was just even though he was awkward, you know, and he like really loved trains and airplanes, like a big nerd about those things, he was a total sweetheart. And that's what she loved about him. And that's what she that's what she went for. And then they've been happily married ever since. You know what I mean? So it's that's why I like when I when I think about him, or they say, Oh, if you're fat, you can't get a guy uh, get anybody. I'm like, I got another friend, uh can barely fit through a fucking door, been married for a long time too. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's not like it's your looks don't lie. Does anybody watching this or anyone listening to this later? Your looks don't lock you out of a relationship. They don't. Just they don't. No. I yeah, so many very unfortunate people in very happy, long lasting relationships. And the thing that's ironic about it is that uh it's just speaks to such a lack of a theory of mind because yes, men discriminate very much on looks when deciding who to date. Women way less, like women are way less picky when it comes to how heterosexual women are way less picky when it comes to how their potential partners look than men I'm, are. And so I am guilty of that myself. I it took me to realize that though. Like sure. a, a lot of guys are completely unaware that they're doing that. Totally. That that they're locking women, uh, potential uh, women that they could be with out of uh, of being with them because they've like pigeonholed their themselves down to a very, very specific type of woman. Like I know, again, I was this, I was the same way where I was like so fixated in high school, for example, I was so fixated on this one girl, this absolutely gorgeous girl that I didn't even notice uh, a girl who would later tell me that she did like me and w wanted to go out with me. I didn't even fucking notice her. Right. And I was, it was in, it, when she told me that's when I realized I was like, what the fuck was I doing? I, I was so fixated on uh, what's up? Oh, uh, he left. He took all the clothes. Well, those, the bag left ones. He said he'd be right back. Yeah. Yeah, no, I made that mistake. I, I used to be the same way, and I was completely unaware of it until someone basically slapped me in the face with it. You know what I mean, and that's what uh, what it is for a lot of these guys. They they they, they don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah, totally. And I I mean, do you do you talk? I, I don't know how you go about dealing with those type of guys. When you tell them, uh, well, the guys that are sort of aware, they they come up with this logic that they're you. So you oh, so you're telling me to settle, settle for less, and I'm just like, oh my god, get the fuck over yourselves. I'm like you are not settling for less. You're, you're. I wouldn't even so much say it's taking, going for what you can get. It's just not passing up opportunities that are right in front of you. Is how I would describe it. I mean, 
I fundamentally disagree with the idea of involuntary celibacy. It's, it doesn't exist, right? Like, really? Yeah, because if you're celibate, it's because your standards exceed your market value. Okay. That's a choice. That's <laughs> a choice. There's no one alive who literally no one will have sex with. Like, yes. Yeah, oh, for sure. And uh, that, that goes back to what I was saying earlier with regards to like, if you're if your idea if you're shooting for again you're some dude making thirty thousand a year working at McDonald's and you're shooting for the fucking uh celebrity model with a bachelor's degree and this that and the third yeah you're 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 gonna be celibate for the rest of your life bro you you don't have you are shooting way above your fucking weight class type right. deal and that then that applies a, to everything to every different uh, level of that from the top down. Yeah, I don't get to be like, I will only have sex with Jeff Bezos and then, you know, reach out to Jeff Bezos and not get a response and call myself an incel. Like, that's it, not exactly. So actually, that what? What? Oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, exactly that. And actually, I'm, th- I'm, I'm really glad you told me that. I never even thought about it like that until, the, until you just said that. But the, the, the very concept of it doesn't it doesn't exist it doesn't make sense you know what i mean because yeah no by that by that logic fucking um yeah you you are going to end up uh perpetually alone if that's what you're doing oh by the way i am i am sorry i'm in the living room that's why i just (laughs) but carry on carry on yeah yeah i just uh these people generally speaking have mental ill you know issues and i am empathetic to that and i think that having personality disorders and or mental illnesses will make it more difficult for you to find partners but um not impossible and these are things that you can work on and so to take this attitude of like well i i've just been saddled with this thing and there's nothing for me to do and and essentially it's the idea that not only does society owe you sex but it owes you sex with someone who meets your standards uh what what at whatever arbitrary place you set them um, exactly which is just wrong absolutely it's like bro again a lot of this is these dudes they don't reckon with their the standards that they've put for themselves they're not even they're not even aware of the standards they've pigeonholed themselves into. Again, I was the same fucking way. And and these men often, and I find this is tr- more true for men than women, though I could be wrong, but that's my sense of it, is they don't even want sex. What they want is what sex, what they've been socialized to believe sex means about them. Mm-hmm. And if you can have sex and you can have sex with this level of woman this a woman with this level of a of, you know attractiveness to narrow beauty standards then you're a winner and you're a success and you matter um and i just think that that's very sad and dehumanizing for everyone involved and uh something that needs to be dealt with from a mental health perspective oh for sure for sure all right well on that note um we could, we could definitely go into a lot more of this. I'm sure we could, I could talk all day about this particular topic, but it has been an hour. So I know before we continue on, I want to ask you something. Uh, would you like to talk to Date Psych at some point? 
Oh my God. I would do a lot of things to talk to Dates like for sure. I'll put you in touch with him. I'll have him. Thank uh, you. He's great. The great guy. Uh, the, the, he's always open to a conversation, and I hell he 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 tells me all the time, like bro, you know, you me and him talk all the time, and he tells me if you ever if I want to bring him back on the show, I would, but I'm like I will patch him to you, so that y'all can talk sometime. Thank you. Y'all definitely are in the same field, basically, and I feel like y'all would have a very fun conversation together. Oh, for sure. I would love to speak to him. Thank you so much. No problem. I'll get that done. Um, there was one question by the run in the audience that uh, I wanted to ask you is it is I'm putting it on the screen now is what does Kathy think of the fact that even liberal women still have traditional gendered ex- expectation of men? I think that's a great point and it's a huge problem and we can't redefine we can't update masculine masculine gender norms without women's participation. That if men try to do it by themselves, yeah, I mean, I I think it's a huge problem that uh, women are socialized to uh, expect certain things from men that they're increasingly unable to provide. That's a problem. Mm. Oh, for sure. I think as well, there's probably biological bases, you know, probably to some extent women uh, find certain aspects of masculinity, sexually attractive. Um, and how do we acknowledge I mean, that reality while still moving forward as a society? So yeah, celebrate men's physical strength and stamina, for example, and saying like, oh, you know, I find that sexually attractive without necessarily uh, denigrating well, they're they're really good with kids, and they're really good taking care of domestic stuff, and they're really good mm. providing emotional support and things like that. But I, I yeah, I think it's a group project. Uh, for sure. I remember reading an article a while back where, um, and I, I put out a tweet about it and whatnot. <laughs> it went something along the lines of this liberal woman says that you know you know she tried to date liberal men, but they all kind of. She just wasn't digging. She wasn't digging them, but she doesn't want to date conservative men because you know the politics are shit. But she, but she, you know, she wants that you know tra- traditional gendered expect those traditional tra- gendered expectations, but uh, that a lot of but unfortunately a lot of liberal men don't meet. And and I remember saying I was, I was like, oh, one she is it's good that she's made it clear that like she doesn't want the 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 typically conservative attitude towards women and mindset and all that bullshit. She don't want nothing to do with that. But she does want the, tra- the tradition and idea, traditional idea of masculinity and in, in her ideal mate and whatnot. And I, I remember I was like joking. I'm like, liberal men, what the hell are y'all doing? Are y'all, are you, I'm like, because I, I, I don't, I don't know many city folk anymore. I've long since lost touch with them. So I don't know what the cult, what the hip new culture is for liberal men, what they're like. I, I don't know if there really are a bunch of fucking soy boys, man bun wearing fucking type shit. I don't know. I really don't know. But I'm like, how hard could it be to be, I guess, traditionally masculine? Like where I, I, I'm confused as to where like where the disconnect is. Yeah, I mean, it 
when you say like traditionally masculine, like what do you mean? Do you mean exactly? Like yeah, what I mean by strong, that. or do you Physi mean like pays for dates, or do you mean like physically strong, pays for dates? You know, fucking holds the door open, fucking uh, dresses in a traditionally masculine way. You know, in a way that accentuates their muscles, not some trendy shit, just something that accentuates their mas their masculinity, their muscles, like a V-neck or some shit, or, or a suit, whatever. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, doesn't have, like, you know, hair as long as a woman's. You know what I mean? It's, it's stuff like that. It's, I imagine, it's what I think of defining traditionally masculine. That's kind of what I imagine. Or like would get in a bar fight, you know? Would get like, in a bar fight. You know, you know what I mean? They seem like the piper, they seem like they've been in their fair share of scraps and you know, I, I ain't afraid of danger or some shit. Like not not obviously some rugged biker type dude, but I mean like they they look masculine or at least tough enough that they could fight if they needed to. Right. Yeah, I mean this gets to like I don't give women a path either, right? Of like, course. Just like these incels need to lower their standards or stop complaining. That's true of women as well. Like you're not gonna find very many men who, you know, have it all. Just like you're not gonna find very many women that have it all because very few people have it all. Uh, you're gonna have to make uh, certain sacrifices and so. Yeah. You know, maybe he earns six figures, but he's not six feet. Maybe he uh, opens the door, but is not going to get into a bar fight. You know, uh, you, you need to pick what matters to you and let the rest I, go. I like that. And it is not like someone can't change for one, but that's a separate sure. conversation. The The idea that they people should be willing to, you know, meet someone in the middle there. You know, I mean, lower your standards or as I like to call it, it's just meeting somebody where they are. You know what I mean? Like, this is the type of man you find. As long as they're, I would say, good enough in, a, in most areas, then I, I don't see the fucking issue. You know what I mean? I'm not looking uh, uh, for every single fucking trait. I, for me, I wasn't looking for, you know, a woman to know who cooked and cleaned all the time and uh, fucking dressed a certain way. For me, I, I, I just want somebody who's good to me. And everything and everything else that follows is debatable. But I'm like, as long as we're you're good to me, I'm good. You're good I'm good to you. We're, we're you know we're Gucci. Yeah, but I like that. You like okay, good, good. So with that being said, I, I already messaged uh, Date Psych. Let me see if he responded. He's probably busy. But when he gets back to me, I'll uh, patch him over to you. And uh, yeah, whether he messages you or not is on him. But I'm a I'm a patch him. I'm gonna say, hey, go message her. She would like to talk to you. Fantastic. I can't uh, thank you enough. And I really appreciate you having me on. And uh, I thought the conversation was fascinating. Of course. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you humoring me because like I said, I'm just some fucking nobody who wants to talk to every who wants to talk to everybody. So you, you by all means, you have every reason not to. And uh, I definitely encourage you to check out my talks with Date Psych up to this oh, point. For sure. Definitely. You will, I think they're very interesting. and I think you'll really enjoy them. Absolutely. I will check those out. Thank you. No problem. So with that said, you have a great day, okay? You do the same, Rico. Nice to meet you. Pleasure. Bye-bye. All right. Later, y'all.